So Grayson is joining me from Gatsby, and we wanted to do a quick shout out because Gatsby Conf is coming up uh, very soon, March 2nd and 3rd. Uh, it's amazing logo, by the way. I don't know where you guys get your designers, but um, they, they rock. They're, they're amazing. I think this is I think this is Flo. Uh, I think Flo uh, uh, did the design here, and uh, Paul Flo Kissling, and then. Paul Scanlon uh, built the site and did an amazing job with 3JS. He actually has a great blog post out of how he built the site and um, with, oh, with yeah. The, yeah, 3JS and Gatsby. Definitely go uh, check out Gatsby Conf if you're uh, interested. You can register. Uh, there will probably be, I think last time you guys hosted, it was around like 4,000 devs were floating around. Um, it's a really great conference. I recommend it. And uh, we're going to talk all about Gatsby version 4 in the rest of the show. So join us. Awesome. Welcome back, Pete, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to perfect.dev. Today we're talking all about powering up with Gatsby 4 and Gatsby Comp should be coming out right when this uh, post comes out. And with us today, we have Grayson Hicks, who is a developer advocate at Gatsby. Hey, Grayson. Hey, everybody. Grayson, do you want to like fill us in a little more on your background and how you kind of found your way onto the, the Gatsby team? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, I used to build websites in in high school, you know, like I messed around with a computer a lot in high school. But then when college came, I, I don't know, I just didn't really think of computers as a career, I guess. And so <laughs> I just uh, went and did uh, something totally unrelated and then uh, got kind of a random career started after college in, in finance. And after a few years, just like kind of my wife said, did you ever think you'd be doing this? And I said, no. And so I kind of reevaluated my uh, my life priorities and what I wanted to do. And uh, I was like, you know, I used to really enjoy uh, coding. I wonder if I could transition into uh, into a career. So I just did nights, nights and weekends type stuff while I was while I was working and eventually got to the point where I felt like I could I could make the leap into full time dev. And so that was probably like six or seven years ago. Um, and luckily, I got into React like very early on on uh, recommendation of some people. So um, I was doing React before Create React app. I was using React oh, with, wow. like, with like Backbone JS and wow. uh, yeah, the old like uh, early days. <laughs> yeah, like real MVC architecture on on the front end. Uh, and so um, got into React and then uh, heard about Gatsby. So I've been using Gatsby for for quite a while. I've been working with Gatsby Inc. for uh, just over a year. Um, but yeah, I really love. I, I try really hard to not be uh, like uh, jaded or or anything like that or over opinionated when it comes to tech stack. So like I'm like everybody can everybody can fit in. Like bring bring what works with you. I'm not I'm not one of those that like bashes whatever someone chooses to build with. You know, that's one of the things I love the most about tech though is that you have so many unconventional paths. No one has the same story, and you hear that a lot where people transition from something else because they didn't realize it was you could do this for a job because it's incredible, but I love hearing those unconventional stories. Yeah. I think I definitely had the impression of uh, if I didn't get a CS degree, like that I couldn't do coding for a job. And so yeah. uh, glad to know that that's not true. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> I hear not that true. so often. 
Um, I, I was kind of curious from the Gatsby standpoint, um, did you do like a lot of uh, open source type work on Gatsby before you kind of made it onto the team? What did that look like for you? Well, yeah, good question. So um, before Gatsby, I was at uh, an agency that was primarily uh, Drupal focused. So we had a lot of enterprise clients, like higher ed government clients, you know, big Drupal tends to power like pretty big, pretty big websites. Um, and there's been a movement within Drupal and all these other CMSs of like a headless, you know, supporting headless solution. So not using Drupal templates, but letting Vue or uh, Svelte or React power your front end. So um, we were exploring different uh, front ends and we decided to use Gatsby. So uh, we built a few sites with Gatsby. And so we're, commu we're contributing back a lot to the Gatsby plus Drupal um, ecosystem. I was giving some talks at some Drupal camps um, on, on, on Gatsby. Um, so, I, you know, I was, I was filing issues, commenting on issues, um, small PRs for docs, but nothing like, nothing like giant feature PRs or anything. It was more, uh, I was doing a lot, I guess, to, you know, educate people on React because we, it's even within the front end world, like there's, there's segments, right? Like there's people that, uh, you just assume, oh, everyone knows react at this point no like people, <laughs> you know especially when these these full stack cms's where you the javascript you need to know is is like you know jquery sometimes to make a component like slightly interactive but for the most part you don't really need it like they have really robust template system where you don't need to know jsx or all this stuff so um at the Drupal agency there were a lot of teammates that were like they wanted to learn react and so uh we had a lot of great initiatives and, and i think gatsby's a great great intro for someone that wants to learn react it's a great like toolbox to um to use you must have gotten like tons of gatsby socks then with all i was gonna gatsby. say that <laughs> i have like four gatsby t-shirts my, <laughs> my wife snags some uh whenever i get a new one no cool gatsby. socks <laughs> i didn't do the socks uh i had it i had a choice i remember when you did the first pr you know um yeah. which i thought was so cool at the time uh, yeah and I, I chose a t-shirt. I, I thought I'm, it was a great way to help get open source contributors to help maintain it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working through that right now at work and it's like, we need the same thing. Gatsby did it so well. It was so impressive. I, I think we're doing uh water bottles now, like metal, metal, uh, reusable oh, nice. water bottles. Oh, nice. For your first PR? I know. I think that was for, we had like a, a, a swag giveaway for like the month of December. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, I got I got the hoodie now um, for for working here and a hat, and I think I get a vest or something for one for one year coming soon. Something, something like that. Gatsby swag as you go up the chain. Know. I'm not I'm not a huge like uh, dev swag collector. I know some people like to get a little bit from from everyone. I've got enough t-shirts and stuff around my house. I'm I'm starting to think of creative things to do with my t-shirts. We'll see one of these days. I saw somebody, uh, they did like, a, they do like t-shirt quilts or t-shirt blanket or something. You can oh, okay. Maybe I won't do that after all. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. I, I've been talking with my mom about it. Sorry. I, I've completely gone off the rails. We've there. derailed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the main reason we brought you on, obviously, was to talk about some of the new changes in Gatsby 4. Um, yeah. 
So Gatsby 3, I think I have my notes came out in March of 2021. And then um, somewhat rather quickly, Gatsby 4 was released in October of 21. Yeah. And as we're recording this, I think we're up to like 4.5-ish. Yep. <clears throat> um, but I'd love to cover some of the main topics as I lose my voice. Hang on one sec. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. Okay, I'm back. Um, I'd love to cover some of the main um, items that came out in Gatsby 4 because I feel like it was a, a pretty decent change to the system. And I have some of the release notes. I just want to pop up real quick. Uh, of the items that that were released just to kind of re-remember what's what's out here of course so there's a nice migration guide that we put in the the notes for everyone if you want to check that out um, but the first item on here is parallel query running can we talk a little bit more about kind of what that means and how how it used to be built in um, as like redux in the yeah. chain and then changed yeah. Do you mind first if we go? I want to go back to that release cadence because I think Absolutely. that's like I think that's like a really um, important thing that uh, that Gatsby improved upon. So back in like the two Gatsby two era, I would yeah. say, you know, um, it was more unstructured as far as releases. Right there, there was definitely some kind of pattern, but it wasn't quite as predictable. Um, so then Gatsby three yeah, was released in March of last year. And we always kind of said, hey, this is going to be a stepping stone release. Like this is it's a major because things are going to break, but we have some big ideas and this is going to help us get there. But we've you know, we've got to have like kind of a, an incremental jump there. But really, like late 2.0, we started this new release cadence, which is like every two weeks you get a new minor, basically. Right. Like or maybe it's every every month, something like that. But it's 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 a very clean uh, process. So I don't think we're going to expect uh such a quick jump to like a, a 5.0 or anything like that. Sure. So I don't want people to get that impression that it's moving. I think there's probably like a nine month window where it's like, wow, it's moving really fast. <clears throat> we went from a two to a four in, in nine months. Yeah. But like that was, it was planned and like we had to break some stuff along the way to make some of these improvements, but it's overall like a really nice, clean, uh, predictable release pattern now. So, so yeah, so, one so of the big just, things. Yeah, yeah. Just as a reminder for those who might be new to, to dev, what, what we're talking about, uh, some versions, mm -hmm. uh, semantic versioning, uh, there's a major, a minor, and then a patch, I believe, yeah, right? right? Um, so if you see like 4.3.1, the four is going to be the major three is the minor. And that's what Grayson's talking about with these minor versions. Yep. 
Yep. Sorry, um, I totally interrupted you. Keep going. Yep, that, that's that's totally right. So, um, so one of the biggest parts of this is uh, parallel query running. So, um, a lot of the 4.0 stuff came out behind a flag in like li- the late 3.0 versions, um, so, but it just turned on by default in in the 4.0 version. So, parallel query running. What that is is um, when you build a Gatsby site, uh, you you're going to create this GraphQL server that's it, that is there at build time to get your data for the templates, right? Um, so you have to run queries against the GraphQL server to inject the data into your template. So instead of say like writing your own fetch um, to your CMS and in, and like putting it in through props, Gatsby has this GraphQL query pattern where you just put a query at the bottom of your page template and that data automatically gets injected into the template for you to use. Um, before parallel query running, when you got to that step in the process where Gatsby is running those queries, it would happen on one core of your computer, um, one at a time. So if you have a really beefed up M1 with eight cores, like your query running step is going to be the same as someone that had like a theoretically a, you know, one or two core of the same chip, right? Like it's only using one of them. So we now with parallel query running, those queries happen in parallel. So if it's now uses N minus one number of cores. So if you have eight cores, it's going to utilize seven, right? Um, so I think the default is, is four for most, for most people. It, it tries to use four. Um, but so that can speed up that step quite a lot. So um, if, if we talk about that on a, a build server, let's say, um, is there a way to like beef up build servers to to kind of take that utilization? I know you guys are doing a lot in the cloud now um, yep. as far as build too. Is that is that something you guys have realized uh, you should be running an M1 or something up there too? Oh, I mean, I would love for, I would love for there to be like an M1 tier on all these build platforms. I have, you know, <laughs> I have one locally and it's like, it's so fast. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's absolutely right. Like the more resources you throw at it, the faster your build uh, will be, yeah. Um, so, and there's like a really big fundamental change that had to happen um for parallel query running to be possible um and i don't know if you go back to the release notes i don't know if it mentions this separately if it if it does we'll cover it um separately but no it doesn't okay so uh so in order for parallel query running to happen before that uh before parallel query running all of the data you kind of you kind of mentioned this earlier all of the data for those queries was stored in redux um, so Gatsby had like an internal Redux store as part of the build process, and it would it would query against Redux. And so there was lots of limitations uh, for performance when it came to being able to even do that in parallel, and then how fast could you possibly do it? Um, so we've switched to storing the data into something called LMDB, um, which is an open source uh, tool. It stands for like Lightning Mapped Memory Database. Something like that. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what LMDB does and, and how it does it. What I, <laughs> what I do know is it's, it's a, a place we can store our data and we can query it um, in, in parallel, right? Without, without worrying about, um, you know, async issues or anything like that. So, uh, and it's very, very fast. Um, so now under the hood, Gatsby stores all that data, not in Redux, but in LMDB. So is, is that there was a dependency, I believe, in, in 4 to run on Node 14. Is that because of that LMDB side? Yep. So LMDB requires Node 14. So Gatsby 4 requires 
uh, node 14. Gotcha. Totally makes sense. So if from, from a person like me who only writes uh, front end and doesn't really understand all the builds kind of, um, if, if I were to look at that and say, okay, this is cool. It's all going to go faster. Is there a specific way I should design my like architecture within Gatsby to say, my e-commerce pages need to look like X and my blog pages need to look like Y so that they actually build correctly? Or is it just like magic and it all happens? For the most part, it's magic. There's, okay. a, lot of, there's a lot of magic. Um, there are things if you say you are like trying to relate data, um, you know, let's say you have a, a blog post page and then on that blog post page, you're like querying more blog posts. Yep. Um, you know, you need to keep in mind, like the bigger the query, the, the longer it's going to take, you know, if you're querying a thousand blog posts, it's on one page, you know, it's going to take longer. Um, but still pretty darn, it's still pretty darn fast. Um, but for the most part, no, uh, for, for initial builds, a lot of times what, where people will feel like they have some kind of problem is with what we call incremental builds. So incremental builds are builds when a data source updates. So Static sites, you know, the initial build is always something you look at. But what if when you publish a new blog post, how fast can that subsequent build be? So, I mean, we see them in the five-second range, um, five to ten-second range, very, very fast um, when you have, like, really simple data structures. So, but then, so sometimes imagine you have a blog post that has, queries the blog itself, but then maybe it queries, like, related blog posts or something. Well, then that, that query is going to take, like, slightly longer but for the most part you really don't have to worry about it um you know especially when we're talking about builds in the seconds kind of range you know nice yeah that's that's really cool and uh i think the kind of the quote on a lot of the larger builds uh, reduction by 40 percent, which is massive that's yeah so the query running the query running step normally took up a large part of a build so you know you can reduce that um by like four times then you can save um, a lot of a lot of build time and just like for context for people that are that are listening that aren't familiar maybe especially if you haven't used Gatsby since like Gatsby 2 or something like how fast are these initial builds you know I mean we're seeing we're seeing sites with 65,000 pages like <laughs> 2 million nodes in like the database uh, building in like 20 minutes you know like and that's a pretty pretty big site smaller sites you know a minute or two uh, you know a thousand pages you know, easily a minute, 10,000 pages. I've, I've, I've built a simple site that was 10,000 pages and it was like a minute and a half. So like, it depends on the complexity of your data, how much media you're using. But for the vast majority of sites, you know, your five to 10 minute range is probably on average for, for very rich, big sites even. I love that you just called a simple site 10,000 pages. <laughs> I know, right? Like we- It's not we the have, New York Times. I know we have people that are like, oh, Gatsby can't build big build sites. And they're like, all right, well, how big is your site? It's like a oh, hundred thousand pages. It's like, well, a Gatsby can do that now with some of the other things we'll talk about. But but also keep in mind for most agencies uh, around, around the country and around the world, like a hundred thousand page site is like the 1% of the 1%. Like that is, that is not the norm um, for your average client that's coming in that, that wants to build something. They totally exist. You add in localization and, and some of these other things, um, logged in experiences. Yeah. To, it's totally possible, but um, I don't like to, I don't like to kid myself that that's like the only kind of website out there worth building, you know? Sorry. That totally makes sense. 
Um, so I, I think this is a good segue into the kind of the second portion of those release notes that occurred, um, deferred static generation. And I do want to bring up a slide because uh, I'm a huge visual person on this stuff. Um, let's see the best look here. So essentially, when we're talking about static site generation, I think a lot of people understand this, but just for a review, um, when we talk through this, when you hit a website and you hit a specific page, usually you're going to get that cache. So when Grayson's talking about like building out, you're actually creating those pages at, at build time. So it's generating those. And then when it gets all done, it's got a bunch of HTML and it loads it up to your CDN. So when it's out in the CDN and it's cached, the first time someone goes to hit it, it's already there. Like it's as close as possible to that person sitting on the CDN and it comes back to you. The cool new feature of deferred static generation is this picture. And I'll let Grayson kind of do the magic here, but there's there's kind of some cool stuff going on with this. Yeah, this is like really, really, really cool. Um, this was This was cool because I feel like we were really innovating here. So... Um, for some context, uh, this is based on a, a pattern and a spec that that Netlify put out under like the Jamstack.org, you know, umbrella of, of something called DPR, which was just this this new idea of how to how to change how to render on, on with the Jamstack and so distributed persisted rendering, right? That's right, right. <laughs> so this is like our best faith effort at uh, at implementing DPR, um, and I don't think there, I think maybe there's one other framework that is that has uh, even tried this. But the idea is that um, you defer building the page until somebody asks, asks for it. Um, mm -hmm. And then after that point, they, they get it from the cache, right? Um, so uh, the really great use case for this is imagine you have 10,000 blog posts, but you've got like a third of them that get very little traffic. They haven't been hit in three months or something, right? So you can put some logic in your Gatsby file and say, if you can like read from your Google Analytics even, right? Or you can just look at the published date to make this simpler, right? You can say, hey, any, anything over five years old, don't don't statically generate it um, because it's adding to our build time and we, we, we prefer faster builds, right? So those pages now are not being built with all the other ones ahead of time. But... Gatsby is getting all the data necessary to build it, right? Saying, I don't, I'm not going to build it yet, but when you ask me for it, I'll know how to do it, right? So it, it puts that data up, up, up there in the cloud. And so then a week later, somebody actually wants that page for the first time. It wasn't statically generated, so it goes to the cache. There's nothing there. Then it goes to the Gatsby Cloud Worker, and the Gatsby Cloud Worker does the build step that it normally would have done with all those other thousands of pages, right? Like aggregated, but it does it for this one page and, and serves it up. And then it also gets put in the cache. So then visitor number two, another week later comes to that deferred page and it's in the cache, right? So it's, it's really for uh, helping unlock some more scale um, when the build times start to become, you know, a bottleneck. Um, so I'm, I think I'm a little more familiar with the next JS side of this. I think it's very similar. They call it incremental static generation. Right? That's right. That's right. The difference is it's based on time okay. and this is based on data. So um, with, and I'm not, I'm not as familiar with the, the uh, next one. Obviously I've used it, but it will basically, you set a, a cache timer on it. It's like, Hey, yep. every, you know, every day or whatever, um, you know, don't update it until, until then. So, 
this says whenever the data updates, update that. Basically. Interesting. So it's actually, it's kind of looking in the background to see if something changed and then going. Uh, one of the biggest concerns I've heard over this is is some of the SEO and the, the bots coming in. Is there a solution for that on this side of it? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So um, uh, I have to know exactly what concern, but yeah, one of the concerns would be so like if Ahrefs or Google search is trying to like map out your entire site and this page doesn't really exist yet, when it comes in to hit that, does it actually do like a blocking state instead of like, oh, it's a cache miss? You know, what's what's kind of the technique there for when that happens? So there's a couple of parts to play here because you also have a, something called Gatsby link, which is okay. like a um, like a it's like a link component that kind of looks ahead so as one scrolls into view it starts a low priority network request for that page that it sees and then like as you hover that jumps to a high priority network request so by the time someone actually clicks on it like the page is preloaded so yep. um you know theoretically if you have a gatsby link that goes to one of these dsg pages like it would start requesting the page and therefore it would start getting built ahead of time um so there are some considerations like you probably wouldn't want top level you know, your top level nav to have a bunch of deferred links. It wouldn't right. really make sense because they're just going to get built anyways. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, as for bots, like, I don't know if there's an actual concern with like SEO content being missing. I think the concern would be more of like, like you said, it's if you're getting crawled a lot or something, it's just going to be generating these pages, but it's almost kind of nice if the bot, so that, that first page load is going to be slower. Right. You're, you're going to say, hey, I'm, I'm sacrificing um, one user's experience for for the build time and for everyone else's to then get the static page. Right. So if that first user is the bot, like that's that's great that they get the, you know, the slightly slower, slower page load. But, yeah, I mean, there are some things to think about uh, with like how you use this. For sure. Yeah. I, I know on the next side, there's, there's like a um, fallback essentially. So it, it can either pause your site and say, Hey, I'm loading because it's got to go off and run that builder. Um, and that's where the bot piece comes in. Instead of doing that fallback, it says, Oh, this is, this is a bot type coming in. Mm-hmm. I'll just do basically a server side render at that point and just load. Mm-hmm. And so it just waits for that block to occur and goes, but I didn't know if there was something similar. Um, I, I have to, I'd have to check with the cloud team if we've done anything specific on that. But one yeah. last note is that if you see on the far right of that diagram, it has Gatsby DB. So this is another thing that that LMDB unlocked, right? So one was that we could run the the, uh, the queries in parallel, but the other is that the database can persist outside of the build now, right? Because so often it's like Gatsby has this amazing GraphQL server. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it normalizes and mixes all these data sources together in this amazing way, but it only exists during your build. And you're like, man, it'd be so cool if I could hit that same server at runtime. Yeah. Right. So we're not there yet, but this uh, DSG is like the first step of, of showing like it's there, like it is getting used. We're not, it's not open for everyone to use yet, but like it shows you that this database now, this, this GraphQL like entity exists now outside of the build, which That's is cool. super, super cool. Um, so, so would an example be like if you have an author's page, let's say, and the static generation occurred, so you have five authors and then you go to add a, a sixth into the Gatsby DB side of that, is that 
like live after it loads, hey, a, a six one pops in. What's right? What's the, is yeah, that- the the idea is that there's a lot of things you want to do at runtime, and that you're you're having to weigh sometimes. Like, should I should I pull in the five related authors statically? Um, I'd love to like it's not crucial to SEO or whatever. I'd love to just query the Gatsby database, but oh man, the GraphQL server doesn't exist. So then I have to actually hit my CMS, which has like a different API shape, right? Like say you're using Contentful. If you're using the Contentful plugin in Gatsby, all those authors are in there like nice and clean. But then at runtime, if you want to interact with it, you have to use the Contentful API, which is, you know, a slightly different shape. And it's a little a little annoying. And you're like, oh, all right, fine, I'll just do them statically. But then it's going to increase your build time. So this idea of like, well, what if your GraphQL, your Gatsby GraphQL server could exist um, you know, past, past build time. And then you could use it. You could use it in your gas app. You could use it wherever. So you could have, I don't know, any other kind of, say you have, uh, you know, some legacy, uh, code base that you maintain that needs access to that data. And you're like, Oh man, imagine if our old logged in legacy experience could access the same GraphQL data that our new front end. Like it, it lets you, the cool thing about the data layer is you, are pulling in data from all these different sources and it feels like one data source. That's um, cool. So, so if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, you don't have to like run, like do a rebuild. You can actually continue to populate that. Is that correct? It's still a rebuild. That theoretically. It's still, yeah. But so theoretically it's much less of a rebuild. Um, right. Because if you ever watch your Gatsby build process, you'll see how the first step, like the GraphQL server is available like really, really quickly in the yep. build process. So yeah, theoretically, if you had like a data update and you just wanted to update the GraphQL server, like that does not take long at all. What takes longer then is then you have to run the query. Then you have to generate static HTML. Then you have to generate JavaScript then you have to generate CSS, you know? So there's like a lot of steps after the GraphQL generation. Um, but so, yeah, you would still you would still do a rebuild. There's all different levels of whether it's a, a data update or a code update or or whatever that determine how much gets rebuilt. Nice, um, cool. So the third part of the major release, which I, you're gonna have to correct me on this one because I thought it was around longer, but um, in in version four, this is the first time SSR has come into play, server side rendering. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, if you imagine that it's been there longer, it's probably just because people have been asking for it for a long time. (laughs) I I know we first like walked away from Gatsby uh, because of this, but that was that was a while ago when we switched to Next.js for our site. So uh, it's kind of interesting that I, I felt like it was there a lot longer now. Yeah. And a lot of that was just wanting to make sure we did it right, Um, knowing that we had these these really big ideas for some other things. Um, uh, And so, but yeah, so it's basically an escape hatch, right? Like we really, really wanted to push ourselves on static. So uh, I believe hands down, we do static better than anyone. Uh, You can build a static site faster with better performance with Gatsby than than anything else. So I think if we had done a, a, a quicker SSR implementation, we wouldn't have pushed ourselves on the static front to make our static, uh, so fast, uh, you know, and improve uh, build times and query running and all these other things because it would have felt like, oh, well, no, you know, once you hit a little bottleneck, just go SSR, right? Um, and so this is really meant for like now this is happening, you know, at the 
75,000, you know, 50,000, 100,000 type level uh, of pages, number of pages, you know, depending on your, how much media you're using and, and things like that. But I think that's a pretty good ceiling uh, that leaves a lot of people in, in the box where they can use SSG uh, comfortably. So this is really like an, an escape hatch for scale, right? This is says, this says, Hey, do we still believe like static first, but there are cases, uh, here's a great example of what, where we like SSR. So a lot of times people would build a Gatsby site that had like a logged in experience, right? Totally, yeah. totally doable. You use client side routes and it, and it just works. Um, a lot of times those logged in users, they, they don't have SEO implications. They don't get a performance score. So dev team's kind of like, whatever, like, <laughs> you know, they see, they see spinners for five seconds. They're already, they're already logged in. Like, you know, the, the marketers don't see them. Right. So uh, you can now easily make those pages SSR. So just, they don't, they don't get any spinners loads a little bit faster than doing a client side, you know, et cetera. Um, so that's one use case. Another one is for just pure scale. So if you're e-commerce or your blogs, you can use uh, the same logic in Gatsby. Be like, all right, outside of a certain number or date or whatever, just SSR that page. So it's not going to be static, not going to be quite as fast on the front end, but it's not going to be uh, impacting our build times anymore. So uh, currently, this uh, has a function like super similar to Next.js, like you export get get server data, right, and then that gets injected in props. Um, Inside there, you can do pretty much whatever you want. Uh, it's typically just some kind of fetch, but um, currently you can't interact with the data layer. So you do kind of have to say goodbye to the data layer to use okay. SSR um, completely. But uh, long-term, the goal is to uh, be able to do that SSR. And because we've showed with DSG that that database is up there, right? It, we can make it persist um, long-term then the goal would be to have SSR with the data layer, which would be great because I think the data layer is the best part about Gatsby. So, um, but yeah, SSR is there. Like, so now basically, uh, you know, if you're evaluating uh, Next and, and Gatsby, um, it's you're going to have like the same kind of architecture in the sense of like, we can choose which pages we do static, which pages we do SSR and like nothing there is, is going to be um, any different. Nice. Yeah, we, we talked a pretty decent amount with uh, Sam Bagwatt, who's mm -hmm. a co-founder of Gatsby um, last season. I can't even remember when it was now, probably like last January or something like that. And we were talking about the, the differences on how that looked and like what implications was in there for their content mesh and things like that. So uh, for sure, if you're listening, check that out too. It's really interesting to, to kind of hear. I did want to bring up um, just the SSR side of things mm -hmm. for people who aren't familiar again. Um, I could be wrong, but is it slightly different than other uh, implementations? It, it shows kind of where a, a cache missed the first time and then the second cache miss, it actually sets a cache header in the CDN. Is that unique to Gatsby Cloud or do you see that often? Um, I'd have to actually ask one of the, the cloud engineers. I'm not sure what, what that might be referring to. Okay. Um, let's see. I was kind of curious if it's still hitting that, that CDN piece on there since it has, it shows CDN response there. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what that's uh, referring to. That might be something unique to the actual hosting, uh, the hosting platform for Gatsby cloud. Nice. 
I had a question on the data layer too. Why did Gatsby choose to use GraphQL and is there any future option to use REST or is there an option to use REST? Um, you have to, you'd have to check with, uh, with, with Kyle and Sam <laughs> on why they chose GraphQL. But it's, it's such a great question because I didn't know any GraphQL before I started using Gatsby. And if you're listening to this and you want to learn GraphQL, I hands down believe that Gatsby is the best tool for like a, a front-end developer to dip their toe into GraphQL, mm-hmm. right? Because you start with queries only, right? You're just reading data and you're learning a little bit about like how you name a query in, in GraphQL and, and how the fields work, right? And then you learn a little bit about fragments, right? Of, you know, repeating a set of fields. And then you start to get curious and you're like, all right, well, how do I, how is this working? Or what if I want to change what a field is returning? Or what if I want to relate two nodes in GraphQL. How do I do this? And then you learn about directives and then you learn, you know, you're learning about GraphQL types and resolvers and all this stuff. And using Gatsby's like deeper GraphQL APIs, you can go as far into GraphQL as you want. And like now I've, I've done like full, you know, you know, fully typed GraphQL servers with, um, you know, with TypeScript and uh, mutations and uh, subscriptions and everything. Right. Like, but it all started with me just giving some basic queries uh, in GraphQL with, with Gatsby. So as far as using REST, um, one thing to like keep in mind is that the GraphQL part is what's presented to the developer as you're building the site. But what's presented to Gatsby can be anything, and it turns it into GraphQL. So all of these plugins like Contentful and WordPress and Drupal – they're all interacting with different types of API. So you could write like a, you could interact with like a SOAP API and turn it into a, a, Gats- <laughs> turn it into a Gatsby plugin that turns it into GraphQL. Like people use the file system. You read Markdown, you read JSON. Uh, I wrote like a CSV one one time, like just to read CSV <laughs> and it, it turns it into GraphQL nodes. So that, that's my favorite part about the data layer is when you're interacting with it, you have no idea where that data actually came from. Right. It could be coming from, you know, who knows what. Uh, a lot of them do come from GraphQL now because they like the idea of sharing a schema between the back end and and uh, and Gatsby. But but, yeah, you can most of them are interacting with some kind of REST API. You just don't see it as the Gatsby developer, as the front end developer. You just see the GraphQL part. Yeah, I have to be honest. Uh, when I first learned Gatsby, I was learning React, too, and it, it all started to kind of meld together. And I'm like. This is so confusing. Why am I getting data and then having to produce data out to, to GraphQL again? Why do I have to learn this other thing? But it, as you kind of go through that and you start to mesh together different data points and things, you start to see the, the power of GraphQL for sure. But there's a little bit of a learning curve if, if yeah. you haven't done GraphQL and, and a different mindset too. Like uh, if, if you go from like a, a normal database kind of layer, just having data in the in the application <clears throat> to be able to get like that data just into a page, you now need to like make it a GraphQL piece. And it was, it was super challenging for me at first to understand that. So if you're, if you're just getting into Gatsby and, and just uh, kind of learning what it is, uh, be patient with that part, I would say, and yeah. uh, really dive in and, and try to understand how that data makes it from the, the data layer into the actual Gatsby page itself. Or yeah, the, yeah. The it, is, it is a different way of thinking about it. I mean, most frameworks, you have to do something to like, you have to fetch the data somehow to get it into uh, into your templates. Um, 
you know, even outside of React, you know, you got to have some kind of loader. And so, um, yeah, Gatsby just tries to make that like a uniform way, but it is a different way of thinking about it. For sure. Cool. Um, so there's been, I, I think that's probably the the big notes. Um, one one thing I did want to ask um, when we we're talking about like kind of the, the build side of things and the parallel query running, um, we were just talking to the people over at Astro and they were talking how they, they use Go for their build tools, but they, they use Node.js to kind of like send over signals to, to yeah. use that. Is there anything, and I would say uh, Next.js just switched to Rust. Is, mm-hmm. is there anything kind of in the works at Gatsby that you know of for improving these tools even further? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the developer tooling world right now is uh, <laughs> is moving, moving very quickly um, away from some of the, you know, compile your JavaScript with JavaScript tools to like compile your JavaScript with anything but JavaScript, right? So buy your CSS with, with go and do everything with rust. Like, um, yes, we're constantly evaluating which parts of our build chain, um, can, uh, you know, be faster. So we rely on a whole host of different open source libraries. Like, so now LMDB is like a big part of ours that technically would have moved from a a JavaScript tool to a non JavaScript tool. And we saw like, like we said, huge, huge gain. So, um, we're always looking at like which parts, you know, we, we are still like heavily based on Webpack. So um, it wouldn't be like an overnight thing of where we're able to safely, you know, eject from that without a lot of plugins um, rely on certain Webpack APIs. So like we would have to have a lot of communication ahead of time. We don't want to, you know, break somebody's, you know, the plugin ecosystem along the way, but yeah, definitely we, we've got our eye on a couple of different tools of, uh, that we could swap in. Nice. No, it's really exciting. I, I will say I, I love uh, how Gatsby puts so much into their release notes and kind of what's changed and what's coming up. So huge props for that because I can kind of somewhat keep up even though I'm not over there. And, you know, our site's in Next.js now. It doesn't mean that we wouldn't be somewhere else in the future. So I'm always checking it out and trying to see where, where things are trending and heading. So Yeah, yeah, they they do a great job. And that's that's where I go back to like late 2.0. We really... Uh, uh, had a a big shift in uh, making sure that the releases were were quality and 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 controlled and um, easy to follow. I know we we talked about kind of the different ways of doing um, rendering, so whether it's static or server side. And React kind of has this big thing coming up where there's like server side components and being able to stream. Do you see that as part of Gatsby's future or is that something that's just like, it's probably too far out there? No, 100% part okay. of the future. Um, uh, yeah, the React working group is nice enough to have uh, some folks from Gatsby uh, as members to help inform um, and, and stay a part of, you know, the server, whether it's server components or... Um, uh, suspense, you know, and all the other mm-hmm. long, long awaited, uh, <laughs> react, react features. But yeah, that has big implications, big implications, um, for runtime performance. Um, so essentially less JavaScript for, for the components, you know, the components that don't need JavaScript, uh, won't bring it along for the ride. So, uh, should also have, uh, positive implications for our build speeds as well. So, I feel like we have, we like I said, we we've worked so hard on making our static the best that it can be. Um, that some of these things that are coming out, like 
non-JavaScript based JavaScript tooling and React 18, it's just going to be like, you know, the cherry on top of a lot of the other engineering yeah. stuff we've done under the hood that was like, you know, squeezing as much, you know, juice from the lemon as we could. And then be like, oh, actually, we have like all this other basic stuff that's going to, you know, take you leaps and bounds further. So super excited about that stuff too, actually. I think that, I think it's in beta now. So React 18. So yeah, it's... We've, we've got flags. You can, you can run Gatsby with React 18 now. Um, you won't have like all the server component stuff that's that that requires my understanding like your own implementation of like how do you how are you going to handle the server yeah. component um and then same with suspense like i think suspense might just work but there's things you could do to uh you know it should help with some rehydration stuff and uh, performance and things like that so that will definitely be part of gatsby awesome um, I'm not as familiar on the on the company side, the Gatsby cloud piece. Is it only uh, hosting and running Gatsby, or can you like spin up an Angular site and throw it on there? No, it's 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 Gatsby. It's Gatsby okay. only. Um, Gatsby builds and Gatsby hosting. So so not um, comparative, probably to like Vercel or, or Net. Um, <laughs> I almost said yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Netlify, um, yeah on their where they can host like practically anything this is very focused for gatsby itself yep exactly so you know we like i said we we uh are big fans of netlify and Vercel. like they've done a lot to help support the gatsby ecosystem we have lots of um gatsby cloud clients that still rely on them for for other things and so uh, a lot of times folks that are building you know lots of different types of client sites and you know like they're like, all right, they just want like one one place to do it, and it does it all pretty well. Uh, I like to say that uh, some of these build platforms are like Swiss Army knife, like you can build and host anything. But but Gatsby Cloud is a, a scalpel that's made for Gatsby sites. Like it it does that's Gatsby good sites. Analogy. Yeah, it does Gatsby sites faster and and better than uh, than anyone. And that's that's just because you know we can do all kinds of optimizations and things very specific to Gatsby builds that other platforms they might not find the the time worthwhile to uh you know to invest in those kinds of engineering changes so awesome great well i think at this time we're gonna shift over and do our perfect picks and grayson was kind enough to uh add some fun ones uh let me bring it up here so tell me all about this one grayson okay uh yeah so i, I was telling them before the show i i, I caved this year and uh <laughs> caved into video games in the household so got the kids a switch um nintendo switch for christmas and uh you know you look up what are the best games to get and we got zelda breath of the wild here and i the last video game system i owned was an n64 uh i think it was a donkey kong version you know <laughs> so uh this game is like uh pretty amazing uh i have not played a lot of video games in a long time and so uh i've had a good time with the kids playing uh you know Mario Kart and uh, and Zelda Zelda with them, so that's been fun. I think uh, there's a lot of talk of Breath of the Wild two showing up hopefully fairly soon. So you guys will have to play this one quick. Yeah, they were tell they were telling me like they're already Breath of the Wild two. I'm like, dang, I just bought this thing and now <laughs> <laughs> I got apparently there's more money I need to spend, but that's fine. My my son and I were addicted to the the first one, so it, it's totally a great game. Uh, your second pick, a little more technical. Yeah, and you know, I I I kind of want to throw an audible and change here. I, I put okay. Node 7, I put Node seventeen. By the way, I feel like Node uh, in the last few years has um, just done a great job with their releases. Um, 
some people might say it's moving moving too fast or whatever but some of the things you know like like uh having fetch within node and, and some of these things oh, are just yeah. you know so nice to have for, for the ecosystem but i want to throw react 18 out there um so i can google fun. that quick if anyone on the if anyone on the React uh, eighteen working group is listening to this, uh, uh, put me in the column of uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Um, <laughs> there's ready. there's so many people in the ready column for that. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. I'm, I'm ready for server components and uh, uh, excited about this. But yeah, I mean, shout out to the React team as well. I know they have to uh, get input from, I mean lots of lots of people in the community with yeah. different with different motives and, and ideas. Um, it's just so I, massive breaking so react massive. would be just horrible. It's so massive. And I, and I, I, I feel like at the end of the day, they've done a good job, um, you know, of, of balancing, of just waiting to do it right. Kind of like us with, with, with SSR and some of our features, you know, I think we could have done SSR two years ago, but I, I don't think it would have fit in as well with the, the strategy that we have now of, you know, do it, doing it right. So, uh, but I am excited about react 18. Yes. Awesome. Good pick. Uh, Brittany, you're up next. Yeah, my first pick. I just wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at Syntax FM. And they did a Gatsby version 4 rundown kind of of the changes. And Wes uses it on his site. So I thought it was a good episode, short and quick. I think it's less than 30 minutes. Hasty treat. Hasty. We got to get fun names. I know. It's so fun. I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Uh, Your second one. I think this is the right link, I hope. That is the right link, okay. and it may look a little foreign because it is in German. It's a German conference called InterJS, and it's a JavaScript conference that's going to be in March. I'm doing a talk on building design systems with SvelteKit. It's 45 minutes, and it's live, and I'm very nervous, but <laughs> trying you, to promote Did it. you brush up on your German? I'm, I'm not speak. I don't speak German. So I, I hope they know that. And I hope they know I will be doing it in English. I think that's pretty common there. Most people know yeah. English, which is amazing that I think all these other countries like learn all these languages. And here in the States, we kind of fall behind on that a little bit. But nice. Good pick. Or what, what do we call these picks and uh, picks and plugs? Plugs. Good plug. There we go. <laughs> um, this us. Yeah. Similar, similar to Grayson, I actually broke down and somehow found a Xbox Series X. Uh, I jokingly said to my son, we were walking in a mire, and I said, you know, if you want to go over there and see if they have one, I'll buy it. Just because I knew no one had it. And the guy goes, if you go get your dad, I'll get one out of the back. And they had one. <laughs> I'm like, wow. oh, why did I say this? <laughs> but now I'm kind of addicted. So uh, Halo Infinite, I am uh, playing too often. So I've probably lost a lot of my uh, creativeness at night, unfortunately, because <laughs> I've been hooked. It's amazing. My uh, my first video game in college and, and console was the Xbox and Halo. So it's come a long ways. The, the new machine is ridiculous like it's yeah so i this brings back memories because i like i said my last console was an n64 but (laughs) i had a roommate in college that had an xbox 360 i guess something but it was halo 3 was it yeah uh, Yeah. back in the day and i saw an article uh, i think this week that like they're about to end of life the halo 3 servers and i was like oh that must be like the really old halo and i looked at the pictures like oh my god that's the halo i played in college (laughs) (laughs) and it's they're, they're shutting it all down so uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I think they're like a lot of that they're keeping around similar uh, N64 on the Switch. They're bringing a lot of those games back. Just the nostalgia around them. It's, yeah. it's so popular. 
I'm not a huge gamer, but there's certain games like Zelda and Halo that I just get addicted to. Yeah, same. Like the kids play like Smash Brothers. I'm not a huge. Yeah, you know, exactly. I love that. My son just whoops me on that. I'm like, yeah. whatever. I don't have the time to figure out every key. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I, with with uh, I told them earlier. I've got I've got five kids, and you know, with all the stuff I have to do every day, uh, video games just they they don't have a lot of time. So <laughs> I've never been a big gamer. Nice. Uh, my my second pick, more of a technical pick, Eleventy just dropped version one. We we were just talking with the Astro folks, and I kept messing up that they were going to version one. In my head, I got it mixed up because my pick was Eleventy going to version one. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting. They've they've really locked in. I, I still haven't fully used. I've messed around with Eleventy and checked out the templating and things like that. I haven't used it for a full site, but it looks like. It's something solid now. Like if you want, I've never to... used it, and I had no idea it wasn't out of beta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, they've always called it like decent releases, I think. But this is the first stable, full, like stable major release. Wow. I don't know if that means they'll maintain this forever going forward, or what that looks like. But you know well, how I it goes. Think, I think that the creator uh, works for Netlify now. Um, ah, okay. And so, like, I think that that helps with being able to. Who's the creator? Uh, uh, Zach Leatherman. Okay. Um. So yeah, eleven T's great. It's one of yeah, the more. Says he more, works like, at Netlify. Yeah, low, awesome. low, low JS, right? I think the idea, the same with Astro. Yep. Like the idea is that that makes sense. Then right. that Jason Wingsdorf just moved his site from Toast over <laughs> to eleven T. Oh no! No more Toast. <laughs> well, he's. Just wasn't taking the power of Preact and React, he said. So moving it to 11D made sense, I guess. Makes sense. 